we do thank you that you live in us and your power lives in us and your power works through us father lord it's not us we're the vessel we're, we're it's up to us to allow you to work through us and to allow you to to change us and to change those around us father but father we thank you lord that you given us the opportunity you've given us the ability through you father god to do your work here on earth and that's what it's all about and i thank you for that this morning lord i thank you for your word i thank you for your truth that we do belong to you and the enemy can't have what you've given us he can't take our salvation he can't take the spirit of god away from us he can't take who you've made us We stand on that this morning and we stand on your word that we're forever yours no matter what happens in this earth we're forever yours and we thank you for that and we give you the glory and the honor and the praise hallelujah praise you father God thank you Lord Jesus father I thank you this morning God that your anointing be upon your word, Father God, that the words that I speak would be your words, and the words that I speak would be what you would have me to speak. And I pray for we all have listening ears, spiritual listening ears, Father, this morning, as we hear your word. We thank you, we praise you, we give you all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. You, might, you may be seated this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, it's, um, it was great this morning. Peggy and I were coming in, and it was 58 degrees on my car. I was like, yes. Y'all know I love that kind of weather. Cools off. All that, all that hot weather that makes you sweat and all that good stuff. Got enough of that in Nic Nicaragua, and praise the Lord. We just want to lift up all those today that couldn't be with us, but we thank you, Lord, that your healing touches, touching them right now and changing them. You know, this morning, I'm going to be talking to you about wa water-walking faith. How many of you have water-walking faith? Maybe you don't know if you do or not. Hopefully, by this morning, you'll know. And, so, and a lot of times, we'll, I'll talk about that, but, you know, we get that kind of wrong. We don't understand what God's Word says about it, and that's what we need to do. In Matthew 14, I'm going to go ahead and read that passage, 24 through 33 in the New Living. It says, Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them. And I'm thinking, 3 o'clock in the morning. You ever thought about that? You ever thought? It says 3 o'clock in the morning. That's pretty early, right, for a lot of us. Um, but Jesus came toward them walking on the water. And when the, the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. So they didn't know who it was or what it was. They just saw him in the distance. But Jesus spoke to them at once and said, don't be afraid. 
he said. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out, grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. And I just want to say, you know, the kind of faith that God has called us to is the kind of faith that steps out of our comfort zones and steps sometimes into the unknown. It defies what human understanding is. You know, in, you know, some people say, was Peter out of his mind? Who would climb over the side of the boat in the middle of a storm and start walking? And why? I'll tell you that in a moment. And steps into what would seem impossibility. First of all, just to walk on a, a calm, you know what I'm saying? Just a calm pond or lake, you know, that's one thing. But to step out into a storm with the waves rolling and a storm that was so bad that, you know, they already, they were afraid. And they couldn't sleep evidently because it's 3 o'clock in the morning. So they weren't sleeping. You know, what kind of faith is that? That's a faith that gets us beyond who we are, beyond ourselves, and draws us closer to Jesus. And what I want to do this morning is I'm going to give you some, some things that water-walking people, water-walking faith people do. And what, and what some things that Peter did here. You know, um, people that walk are water-walking faith people are pioneers. They pioneer stuff. Um, Peter pioneered. Right? Peter's just stepped out into something that nobody else in the whole boat even considered. First of all, they thought Jesus was a ghost. But when they got closer, they were able to see him. So, you know, think about it. Did Jesus say, Peter, come on out here and walk? No, what did Peter do? Peter decided himself, I'm going to go towards Jesus, I want to walk on that water. I want to do what other people say I can't do. What about you? You want to do stuff that people say you can't do? In the verse 28 of Matthew, he said, Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you. Walking on the water. So Paul Paul, excuse me. Peter was the one who basically started the whole thing. He's the one that said, you know, Jesus, if that's really you, then tell me to come on. And Jesus immediately said, yeah, come on. Sure. Come to me. But it was Peter's initiative, Peter's pioneering that said, and this is the first time we know of anybody walking on the water, right? We know people that walk through the water and 
through the storms, but this is the first time we had somebody actually walking on the water. But you know what? This crazy, almost in our finite minds, you think it's crazy and ridiculous, but it was um, one of the greatest moments of faith in history that we know about, him walking on the water. And you know what? I believe in the Word of God. It's nothing put in there that's not supposed to be an example for us. It's not supposed to not be something that we look back on when we're in those situations that we can do what God has called us to do. You know, um, we often think, well, you know, I'll do something whenever God tells me to. We're waiting on God. Well, he's waiting on us. He's a lot of times waiting on us to step out and do that thing. We, we like to sit back and, and um, say, you know, I, and I even know people that say, well, you know, if God ever tells me to do something, I will. First of all, the Word of God tells us all kinds of stuff to do, right? And we need to do that. But then there are times when God says, do it. There are times when we may think, God, I need to do this. And I'll call, and you call out to God. So when Peter called out to Jesus, he had a choice to make, right? He could either do what Jesus said to do. What if Jesus would have, when Jesus said, come, he's like, wow, you know, I'm not really sure I'm ready. You know, we ask God to help us and we want to step out and do something. And then we're like, well, you know, I'm not surely not, I'm not quite ready yet. We may miss that opportunity. That may be the time that you missed the opportunity and it might never come back. So the first thing is water walking faith pioneers. It steps out on the things that a lot of times you've never done before or heard of before. Look at the people that threw down through the ages that stepped out through God's guidance and did things, did first time things that's never been done before. Because they heard God's voice. They listened to him. So the second thing that water walking, it hears. And it hears God's voice. Peter just didn't say, well, there's Jesus. I'm just going to step out in the water and go to him. No, he didn't blindly step out on the water. He first asked Jesus, can I come? Right? Whenever we get something <laughs> that we feel like, we need to do, or we hear God telling, we need to say, can I come? I need to hear that verse 28 and 29. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. Well, I want to say something about this when he says, if it's really you. So if you feel like you need to do something, you need to find out if that's really from God or is it from somebody else. That's why hearing is very important. Very important we learn to hear from God. We learn which voice is his and which voice is not his. So when he does speak or when we have, maybe we have this idea of doing something. We need to hear God say, this is me, come on. Right? We just don't need to step out on what we want to do, the way we want to do it, and how we want to do it. You know, there's a lot of people that have stepped out and taken risks and it wasn't God and they sank. <laughs> right? 
I've done some things like that. You know, when I first got saved, I thought, well, I'll just do this. And it didn't work out real good because it was me doing it. Me wanting to do it, not God telling me or not. I didn't get God's. You know, and sometimes when you first accept Christ, you know, you're excited. So you just want to do things. But it needs to be a God thing, and you need to be able to hear God's voice. And the more you grow in him, the more you need to be able to listen to that voice. Hopefully, you do. You know, um, and whatever we do needs to be anchored in a word from God, right? It needs to be anchored in his word, and it needs to be anchored in a word from God. There's, there's you know, we need to know that. <coughs> I am... Um, Every decision we make needs to be anchored in God's Word. That's why it's important that we know God's Word, right? It's very important that we know what God's Word says about... You know, people do all kinds... they like, well, I, this is really nice. I like this in the Bible. I want to do this or I want to do that. Well, guess what? Everything in there is not for you to do necessarily. You understand what I'm saying? Just because so-and-so did it don't mean you're supposed to did it. Or do it. I just said that. thought maybe you'd catch it, but nobody did. <laughs> just didn't want to say anything, right? You know, a, a word f- from God can be bring lots of peace in the middle of chaos. That word from Jesus to Peter was like, okay, I'm ready to roll. <laughs> All he had to do, Jesus, was say it. The word God spoke and created the whole universe by the words of his mouth. And Peter didn't really stand on the water when he stood out there. He stood on the word from God. He stood on what Jesus said. You know, that might sound kind of crazy, but so does walking on water. I'm just going to tell you, if you're out there in the ocean and you start walking on water, you better make sure God's told you to do it. Even though it's salt water. And Peter didn't have any high-tech sandals to walk on. But there was that special divine moment when he heard God. See, there's two Greek words about word. One's logos and one's rhema. All right? And logos is, is the word of God. It's the Bible. It's what the word says. Rhema is... A word from Lord, from God. And a lot of people don't believe that God speaks today, but he does. And we better be able to hear his voice when we get ready to go. Because we can see what God's word says, but if we're going to step out on something, we better know that we've heard from God. And see, we know that God speaks, right? Hopefully we do. I know that God speaks. Now, I've never heard him audibly speak to me, and if he did, I thought, I think I might really be in trouble. <laughs> Who knows? But, uh, you know, one day we will hear him speak audibly. And, you know, you know um, <clears throat> so the question is not whether or not God speaks, it's whether or not we listen. 
whether it's out of his word, his Logos word, or whether it's out of his, the rhema word. You know, um, the most important thing you can do as a believer is to be able to hear God's word. And if you're not hearing, it's maybe because you're not listening. And you haven't been allowed. You know, when you in your quiet time and you're reading the word and you're praying, we ought to be listening too. We do a lot of, we spend a lot of time talking, asking God for this and that and the other thing. We ought to be doing a lot of time listening. Just be quiet. You know, you remember times and you probably be around people. You remember times I know my mom, especially she would, we'd be talking, she'd be talking to me, talking to me and I'm trying to talk. She said, just listen. You're not going to know what I'm telling you if you don't just listen. See, sometimes we get so busy with life that we don't give God any time. We don't give him much time. And Lord knows we have lots of things today. <laughs> lots of things to take up our time. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing, how? By the Word of God. Anything you hear better line up with the Word of God, or it ain't God. Right? If it doesn't line up with what God says, it's not God. And there are a lot of good things you can do, but it needs to be a God thing. You just don't need to do something just because it's good. Right? Oh, well, I want to do this. Well, you better be doing a God thing, not just a good thing. Anybody can do a good thing, Right? Whether you're Christian or not, whether you're godly or not, anybody can do a good thing. But can you do a God thing? Can you know enough, hear God enough, or know enough about his word that you're doing a God thing and not just a good thing? Amen? Mark 4, 9 said, and he said to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And he ain't talking about these ears. It's talking about the spiritual ears inside of you. That you open up and you hear God and you listen to him. Amen? You, 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 you know, with water walking faith, pioneer stuff, and you hear. And then the next thing is you do. When you hear God, you better start doing. Did it, did it say Peter hesitated a minute? When he heard Jesus say, come, what did he do? It said he climbed up over. Now, you got to remember, these boats are big, so he had to climb up over. He didn't just step into it. He had to climb up over and get back down in the water. So during that whole process, you know, of climbing, you know, sometimes it's easy, like from here, I, if that was water, I could just step. But when you got to climb up and go down, then you got a little more time to think, am I really going to do this or not? Is this really what I want to do? You know, when uh, we were in Nicaragua, some of them ziplined, and I'm sure when they first got up there, they were probably like, is this really what I want to do? Because once you start, there's no backing up. I mean, it, it's an hour and a half worth of zipline. From tree to tree to tree, I think well, it's 13 stations or 12 or 13 or something. There's a bunch of them, I don't know. I didn't do it. I didn't hear Jesus say come. No. 
<laughs> you know, Peter, Peter actually made a radical decision. He made a radical request and he made a radical decision. If that's really you, Lord, just tell me to come. So will he sink or swim or stand or walk? You know, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure the enemy started telling him, you know, this is not going to work. When you hit that water, you know where you're going, buddy. And you know these waves, ain't no way you're going to make it after that point. Because it's, you know, they were in the midst of a storm. You ever, I've been 70 miles out in the ocean in the midst of a storm in a fishing boat. And it wasn't fun. I got wet, got a little sick. So once Jesus said, come, the ball's in Peter's court. He can either do it or not. He can either step it out into it or step back. Right? It's his choice. I'm either going to do it or I'm not going to do it. It's a matter of, do I really believe what Jesus said for me to do? Do I really believe what he said? Do I really believe that he's going to allow me to come to him? So right at this point, you know, like, like we're like, wow, Peter, he's just got it, right? And then 29th verse again, he says, yes, come, Jesus says. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water. So he had to um, take that step. Jesus had already done his part. Jesus said, come on. So from that point on, it's all Peter, right? It's all Peter. He's got to either step out or not step out. He's got to um, go or not go. See, we have to... Um, you can have everything you need to do what you're supposed to do, but until you step out, you're not going anywhere. Right? You can have your car and have a tank full of gas, have the key, but if you don't ever sit down in that driver's seat, you could even stick the key in the ignition, but if you don't ever turn it, you're never going anywhere. Right? It's up to you to make that initiative. It's up to you to do that. You can hear the word of God. You can hear his call upon your life to do whatever it is, but you got to take a step. That's your part. See, when... Um, Well, let me go to that in a second. James, in James 2, 14, he says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Wow. You can believe. You can say, oh, I got faith. But are you willing to step out? Are you willing to do what God says to do. We need to be doers, according to James, not just hearers, right? We don't need just to hear it, but we need to act on it. 
if we're going to walk in faith and we're going to do what God's told us to do. We've got to get out of the boat. Right? We don't need to just listen. We need to step out. I, um, <laughs> how many of us are really willing to step out? You know, in, in, uh, Mark chapter 4, he's, uh, Jesus is talking, doing the parable of the sower. And in that part, he says, He who has ears, let him hear. And this word, hear, in the Hebrew, the original word is shema, S-H-E-M-A, or shema, however you spell it. And you say, well, what does that matter? Well, you know what this word really translates? Hear and obey. Hear and obey. It's not just hear, but it's hear. Let him who has ears hear and obey. And I read this one thing. It says that, in fact, there is no word in the Hebrew language that just means hear alone. It has that obedience attached to it. So, oh, I heard it. Well, are you obeying it? Did you really hear it? So does is, is that mean if you don't obey it, you really didn't hear it? See, what you have to do, you have to have action. You have to do it. What a, a water walking faith is doing you got to take the step and get out of the boat. you got to take the step. You, you know, you'll never know if you can stand until you let go of what you know. Well, I know that that water, I can't walk on water. But Peter had to let go of all that. And you say, well, he wouldn't have had doubt because he asked Jesus to come. Why? Well, I don't know what he had. Sometimes when you get to going, you're like, oh, we'll find out in a second what happened. You, you never know if you can stand until you let go of what you know. Let go of what you think you know, maybe I should say, or what you know in the flesh and what you know in, you know, in human terms or worldly terms. Let's go to James 1, 22 through 25. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Listen, listen to that part, last part. God will bless you for doing it. If you do what he says to do, if you obey what he says to do, there's blessing in it. You want to know where there's blessing? It's blessing is in doing what God has told you to do. Obeying him. Doing it. And no matter what happens from that point, you might say, well, it didn't feel like a blessing. But it is. God's blessing is upon you. Amen? So we need to do. We need to have action. 
Do is an action verb. We need to do. Not, we need to obey. And then we need to do what God says. We need to step out and do what he says to do. You know, it's, there's nothing worse than to know what to do and not do it. Though some of us have been Christians for a long time, and we know what to do, but we just don't do it. And why is that? Are we afraid? You know, there have been many times I've come in my life when I was like, I didn't really want to do it, but I knew God said to do it, and I went ahead and did it. And I was blessed for it in lots of ways. Amen? So the next thing water walking faith does is focus. In all this, we have to learn to focus. Um, this is a big word I'm going to put out there now. It's distractions. In this day and time, we have lots of distractions that can keep us from focusing on God and focusing on his word. You know, what we've done nowadays is we've just grown, um, we've grown, we've grown accustomed to just consuming all kinds of content, right? Golly, just think about how much content we consume in a day. We, we grab our phones out and we're, we can't even sit there. And I'm guilty of it too. We can't even sit and eat dinner without... Or at least laying it there, and if it rings, wait a minute, I'm sorry, I got, to go, I got to take this. Or I got to look at this text and see what it says. Right? You know, with the touch of a button, we can touch it and hear songs. We can touch it and hear sermons. We can touch it and, and see what um, everybody's doing. Because some people let you know everything they're doing. Sometimes stuff you don't want to know. I don't need to know that, right? But some people want you to know everything. We've been, we've been so, we've been programmed to multitask so much that sometimes we can't focus on just one thing. And I'm real guilty of that because I feel like I can do it fairly well, so it's can be a bad thing. Technology has definitely changed the world. Everywhere. I mean, we're in Nicaragua, in a third world country, out in the middle of nowhere. It took us an hour to get there. Got stuck one time. And these people got nothing but a cell phone. They all got cell phones. I'm like, You know, we live in a world that's continually fighting for your attention. Now, there, there is, um, I think on some shows, there's every 10 minutes, there's a commercial. You need this. You need this. You need to buy this. You need to get this. This is what you need. This is what you need. You know, we uh, kind of 
Think about what Peter was doing and we focus. How do we focus and how do we do what God says to do and how do we, how do, we do that? How do we follow him? Hebrews 12, 2, the first part of it says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. So we look at all this stuff and, you know, we, we focus on all these things. And, you know, Peter's faith wasn't found in the water. It was found in Jesus. He holds our future, and we need to keep our eyes fixed on him, not on everything else and not on what's, you know, surrounding us. And what's there. You know, I, I want to say one thing about focusing. One thing that Jesus said to Peter was that, um, and we seem to focus on it, says, oh, you have a little faith. Well, what did that mean? We think it means you just had a little faith. Well, what about the other ones in the boat? Peter's the one that was willing to step out, right? I wouldn't count that as little faith, necessarily. He was the one who was willing to step out. Well, why did Jesus say that? Well, you know, um, there is a, um, I was trying to find it here. I had it written down. I'll just have to say it without. Jesus mostly spake, spoke in Aramaic the day and time. That's kind of what they spoke in. Well, that word little basically means immature and inexperienced. Your faith is immature. Your faith is inexperienced. He wouldn't say he didn't have little, you know, just a dab of faith. <laughs> He's saying that your faith is immature. See, we have to develop our faith. God gives us all a measure of faith, the measure of faith, and it's up to us to mature that faith. In the, the passion in that Hebrews 12, 2, it says, we look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation on Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward in the faith's perfection. We know using the word it means perfection, it means maturity. So we keep our eyes on him, we get focused on him because we look to him. So we gotta focus our faith, we gotta focus our lives on Jesus and not on the things around us and the circumstances. When, Pete, when Paul, Peter stepped out into that water, yeah, he's going towards Jesus and he sees Jesus, but for unfortunately, he decides to look to the right and to the left. And what happened? He began to sink because he's, oh my goodness, look what's going on. There's a wave over here and a wave over here and, you know, this over here and this over here and it's taller than me and it's bigger than me and I just can't do it anymore. So he starts sinking. 
But you know what he did, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but what's the first thing he did? He cried out to Jesus, help me. See, our next thing is trust. We've got to have trust in Jesus. Peter had trust in Jesus because he knew, hey, I've I got to call out to Jesus because I then started wavering. I'm looking at what I don't need to look at. You know, what is trust? Today, people trust all kinds of things. People will jump out of airplanes, and I don't know why. <laughs> Sometimes they do it with somebody attached to them, and they trust them. Mm -mm. They'll trust people they never met. You know, we, we jump into a, a vehicle because it's a taxi, or now it's got Uber on it, and so we trust that, Right? We just jump in the car with them. And we did this going to Nicaragua. We jump in this big round metal cylinder, get up in the air in 30-something thousand feet and go somewhere. We trust that and the pilot and everything else. But do we trust Jesus that much? And, you know, we never met the pilot. Sometimes you used to see the pilot, but now you don't see them anymore. They'll come on the speaker and talk to you. As a matter of fact, we've talked about this before, none of you checked that seat before you got in it to make sure it holds you up, right? You just trusted it. Well, can we trust Jesus that much? Can we trust Jesus? When he calls us and tells us to come on, can we trust him enough to say, you know what? God's going to bring me through this thing. It's getting crazy. It's getting crazy. But I'm trusting you, Lord. There's a purpose as I'm going through, and I'll get to there to you. And Matthew 14, 31 says, Immediately when, he, when Peter cried out and said, Help me, Jesus. It says Jesus immediately reached out and called him. In the Webster Dictionary, immediately means without interval of time. If you Google it, it says um, without intervening time or space. So Jesus stepped in and didn't waste any time doing it, did he? Immediately, without any time and space, he intervened. He came in. The moment it looked bad, the moment it looked like it was over, he cried out to Jesus. Jesus stepped in. Jesus can step into your situation, too, if you allow him to. He can step into your place. And, you know, you ever thought about this? How far away was Jesus? Evidently, it's pretty good ways because they thought he was a ghost to start with, right? So either Jesus came a long way or Peter walked a long way before he figured that out, before he started looking, right? Sometimes we do that. We just go along for years and we're doing this and all of a sudden we, we realize where we're at. And we realize the circumstances around us, and we're like, oh, me. But we, if we know to cry out to Jesus, he's immediately there. So, you know, did, did Peter walk all the way to where Jesus was, or was they both walking the same way? And they met in the middle. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But it's very interesting to think about that. Very interesting. How far did Peter walk before he got to Jesus? But he said Jesus immediately, you know, immediately. So he was either near him 
I don't think he was like Stretch Armstrong and had that long arm pulled him back. I, he was immediately. So Jesus is always there wherever we're at. If we can realize that, the, the, the waves don't look so bad. The circumstances don't look so bad. You know, if we can ever quit. Help me, Lord. If we can ever quit focusing on our problems, if we can ever quit focusing on how bad it is and let's focus on him and how good he is, it'll change your life. It'll change your life. I, I get frustrated when I, I hear people that are Christians that all they can focus on is how bad everything is, how horrible it is, how horrible my life is right now. Focus on him, how great he is, how good he is. That's what the enemy wants you to do because then you begin to, to get weak in your faith. You begin to get weak in what you're doing because all you can focus on is what's happening. You know what? It'll make you want to quit, right? If I focused on that, I, sometimes I would just like, you know, can I just quit? Thank the Lord for people in your life that will say no, no, no. Thank the Lord that you have enough in Jesus to look up and say, grab me and pull me up. I'm, I'm wavering. And then, you know what? When he did that, they walked together. <laughs> right? Peter did not, didn't stop walking. He just had a little moment of whatever. And when Jesus grabbed him and pulled him up, he started walking again with Jesus. So it's a, a lot of it has to do with proximity. How, how close were you? I believe Jesus, I believe Peter probably had to walk a good little ways. Don't know that. But if Jesus looked like a ghost, then you know, you might find the faith to step out, walk on water, but do you know the key to staying on the water? And that's trust. The key to staying on the water is trusting in God. And if you can trust him with your beginning, can you not trust him with the end? Right? Oh, Lord, I'll step out. I trust you. Well, God's faithful. He's able and he's willing. When we trust him with the beginning, just like Peter did, Peter trusted him with his beginning. Peter's like, okay, you told me to come. I'm coming. But when he got a little ways out and things got kind of a little more scary and he began to look at what was going on, at first he didn't look at it because it was already there, right? The storm was already there. The waves were already crashing. And he just didn't look at it because his eyes were on Jesus. They were focused on what Jesus was telling him to do. It was focused on that fact. But then he began to waver. He began to look around because of all the things happening. He began to waver. But you know what? In, in his trust was in Jesus because he was willing to say, Jesus, help me. I'm in this situation and I need your help. And Jesus immediately came to him. And the last thing we need to do is we need to learn how to endure. We need to learn how to endure. We talked about the little faith See, 
what happened previously in that chapter was the feeding of the 5,000. And Peter and all the disciples had just seen God do miraculous things, right? They had five loaves and, and a few, was it five loaves and three fishes or backwards or whatever? There was a few, few little things, and he fed 5,000 people and took up what, 12 baskets? A bunch of baskets of leftovers. That was a miracle. Well, this was within 24 hours of seeing all this. And nobody but Peter had any faith to do anything in that boat. Wow, if you'd just seen Jesus do that, do you think you might think that Jesus could get you out of that situation? So again, when Jesus was talking about in the little faith, and we went over that, Jesus wasn't talking about the size of his faith, right? He was talking about the stamina, the endurance, the maturity, as I said. So what we need to have, again, is mature and developed faith. In order to endure, we have to have mature and developed faith. We can't develop our faith by just every once in a while, read our little five-minute devotion, and that's it. We can't develop our faith by never stepping out and doing things. We can't develop our faith by never coming together in fellowship and by never being about other believers who encourage you, who can help you. We can't develop our faith. So we need mature and developed faith to endure, to make that journey that God's called us to. And when your faith is mature and developed, when you have enduring faith, it don't disappear when times get hard. We all have good times and hard times. We all have easy times and hard times, right? There are times when things just seem to be sailing around. And then all of a sudden, it comes that big wave. And we have to make a decision. Do we succumb to it and just let it destroy us? Or do we call out to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you right now. And walk through it. Or maybe when Jesus said that, we can walk through it without having to call out to him. Right? There'll be times we will. But the more we learn, the more we build up our faith, the more we mature our faith, the more we can walk through those situations without allowing them to distract us, without allowing them to take us from the goal that God's called us to. And we can walk straight through it. It's happening all around us, but we can walk straight through it. See, enduring faith keeps believing, right? From season to season and everything in between doesn't stop. The fact that stuff is happening doesn't mean I doubt God. Enduring faith is the ability for our faith to last. It's the ability for our faith to push through, and it's the ability for our faith to endure. Mature and develop faith. And through this whole thing, we need to realize that this type of faith, this enduring faith, trust God 
doesn't disappear when times are hard, doesn't dissolve when the winds and the waves come. There's still faith there. We still have faith in God when those things happen. Enduring faith keeps believing from miracle to miracle, from season to season, and everything in between. Whatever the circumstance might be, we need to have enduring faith. Our trust needs to be in God. We need to have water-walking faith. And water-walking faith is not just something you blindly do just because you want to do it. You might want to step out and do something, but then you need to hear the voice of God to say, come on, that's, that's the direction you need to go. Because if you step out on the other side of the boat, you may sink. Not that you can't come back out of it, but I'm just saying. So what do water walkers do? Water walking faith people, they pioneer, they hear, they do, they focus, they trust, and they endure. We want to endure to the end, right? Whatever that end place is, we want to endure. We want to keep walking by faith. We want to keep going through. We want to keep believing and watching God do miraculous things in our life. You know, and I want to say this about miraculous things. It can be anything. You know, nothing's more miraculous than to see somebody's life change. When you knew them and you're like... And then see God, bam. You know, we saw that in our youth. We saw God change their lives. And we want them to keep walking in endurance. So we've got to do it in front of them. we got to be their examples, right? But we don't falter when things get tough or things get hard or things aren't the way we want them to be. Amen? Let's stand this morning. You know, I want to encourage you this morning to, you know, we got school started. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to call them under here, but I'll pray for them. You know, our preschool started back full-time Thursday. Exciting, right, Miss Debbie and Miss Amy? And that's just, that's just, we want to lift them up. And then when's school starting? A couple of weeks? End of the month or something? We'll have all the teachers coming at that point, but and pray for the students and the kids going back to school. You know, the, the, what they've learned this summer about God, you know, we, we just can all endure through all of the situations and all the things. You know, it's easy to, to have a great time and to see God do things, and then you come back, just like you go to Nicaragua, and you see God do all these things in people's lives, and you watch the precious people there and God working these kids and then you come back and you get back into the old mundane you know the old way of life and you soon forget we don't need to forget those things so let's pray this morning Father we do lift up those our, our, our preschool image preschool Christian preschool and the teachers and the kids there Lord that they can be the teachers can be ministers Lord not just teachers but ministers as they minister to their lives. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that this be a great year in you and that we see mighty things happening in their lives. 
thank you for that, Lord. And we just, we just lift up, uh, I'll just lift up our youth to you, Father, as God is, as you're working in their lives. Continue to work in their lives. Gives wisdom to, to uh, Robert and Caleb and Stephen as they minister to them and in in, as they touch their lives, Father. Father, we just thank you so much for your many blessings. Thank you for your healing power touching those that are sick. Thank you, God, for giving us wisdom as we go forward, Lord. We just give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen and amen. I do want to just make a couple. Well, Brian, oh, Robert's going to do the announcements. Thank you. I forgot to ask him. Thank you, Pastor. You know, um, this past Wednesday night when we met with the youth, one of the we, we did a little uh, biblical meditation and focused in on a, a verse out of Romans 12, 12, which was rejoice in hope and be patient in affliction and be persistent in prayer. And I think this morning as Pastor was bringing that, it just echoed that if we are that as the waves come crashing in, we need to be persistent in our prayer, persistent in, in things that come. So we have a funny little looking box up here. This is called a QR code for those that don't know. I think through COVID, most everybody had to learn how to use these to get a menu at a restaurant. This will lead you to our church website. If you've not been there recently, it has everything on that that is coming up. In fact, the very first page, you don't even have to click any of the other guides. Just scroll down, you'll find the church calendar. Things are listed on the church calendar. Uh, some of those things include this Wednesday night, we have a church back to school barbecue. We'd like everybody to show up. What we're going to do is we're going to have a cookout here Wednesday night and we want everybody to come. If you'd like to bring some chips or drinks or any side dishes to go along with burgers and hot dogs that the church will be providing, that'd be great. We're not doing a sign up sheet. It's just basically, if you enjoy having side dishes, bring some. Uh, otherwise, you know, otherwise there'll be basic condiments for your burgers and dogs, and we'll, we'll move from there. And then Friday of this coming week, our youth are heading to the beach for three days um, to very much, like Pastor Bill mentioned this morning, to, we want to encourage our faith to continue, uh, our youth to continue their faith walk. And so what we're doing is right before some of these kids go back to school, we're going to do an intensive. We're going to the beach to sit on a beach and do discipleship. We're going to have a few fun activities, but we're going for the purpose of discipleship, to get away from our lives here, to sit on a beach, look at what God has created, and talk about those waves that are heading their way in the school year. We're there to sit down and talk about the value of prayer and those type of things. So this is a discipleship trip that is just at a fun location. Um, so if your youth is planning on going or not planning on going, if you're a parent of a youth and want to make sure your child is going, let us know today. Because like I said, we leave Friday. I think it's 2 o'clock is when we're hoping to set out, um, if possible, there. Uh, Caleb will be beginning the journey with the youth, and then Amanda and I will be joining them since they have to drive past my house anyway. Um, makes it a little easier that way. Um, and then we have something special coming up in September. And those dates are September 23rd through the 25th. We will have a special guest here. Pastor Rod and Char are coming to do a special couples intensive with us. So Friday evening we'll have a session. And then we will have another session on Saturday morning followed by a luncheon. And then on Sunday, uh, Pastor Rod will be bringing the message. 
But it's all about beginning and staying strong. Begin, start strong, stay strong, couples. And he's coming to do that with us. So if you'd like to be a part about, of that, we'll have a sign-up out in front. It is $20 a couple because, like I said, we are going to have a meal together. Uh, and we're going to try to do all that. So if you want to be a part of that, we encourage all couples to be a part of that. It is that we're looking forward to Pastor Rod. He's, he's been queuing up now for over a month himself, and he's got a little bit more time to prep. So we're excited about what Pastor Rod and Char are going to do with us that weekend. Other than that, please, like I said, go to the website, stay in tune, check our social medias. We try to post stuff constantly about upcoming activities uh, and everything else that's going on in the church. Please stay connected. Otherwise, y'all have a blessed afternoon. We look forward to seeing you on Wednesday night.